Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today I have Reed Smith on the podcast. He's the founder and president of the Social Health Institute and THA Digital Marketing. In addition, Reed also serves as chief social strategist for Gray Digital Group, as well as founding advisory board for both the Mayo Clinic Social Media Network. We had Lee Ace a couple months ago here on the podcast as a health track by the South by Southwest Interactive Festival. This gentleman is a consulting strategist, thought leader, and it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast. Welcome, Reed. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Reed, now, is there anything that I missed in that intro that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, gosh. No, probably not. I, you know, I've got four or five different jobs, I think, at this point, <laughs> but people can usually track me down online. So, yeah, that's where I spend most of my days and hours, and I've gotten into the podcasting game over the last couple of years. And so, nice. um, yeah, yeah, I'm online a lot, it seems like, these days. That's uh, where we have to be if we're going to make a, a, a presence. And I know within healthcare, it tends to be a little slower on the uptake, but uh, I think people are starting to figure it out. And so that's why it's going to be cool to, to dive into some of the things that you have to share with the listeners. Just curious, though, what got you into the medical sector to begin with? Yeah, so I was, um, you know, I've got a marketing background and was spending time, uh, strangely enough, uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. We were living down there. My wife was working for a healthcare consulting company, and uh, the guy that ran, founded and ran that company for a lot of years, a guy named Quint Studer, that has a lot to do with kind of the patient experience realm. Uh, got me interested, and through that, I ended up taking a job as the director of marketing at a hospital back in Texas, and uh, that started that started down the course of uh, kind of what I'm doing now. Gosh, probably 15 years ago or so. The time flies, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. So, hospital marketing, marketing at a hospital to social media, you've done a lot. And so within this space of communications and digital media, what would you say, Reed, is a hot topic that needs to be on the leaders' minds today that are listening to the podcast? 
Yeah, for sure. So, and I think this is probably something that that fits regardless of uh, what role you may play, whether that be at a hospital or a health system or physician practice or on what side of the coin you're on, but is is consumerism. And uh, that's, you know, that's changed quite a bit since I got into this and started doing this. And so I think, you know, when we or when I first started as a hospital marketing director, it was very much really was a hospital advertising director. And um, that was really all we did. You know, we told people about what we were doing. There was really not a two-way conversation, certainly not online uh, 15 years ago. And uh, we've seen a lot of that evolve with uh, consumerism and choice. And it's, you know, it's less about, not less about, but it's not just about the patient, the person getting treatment, but it's about consumers that, you know, people that are making choices every day. Yeah, this topic of healthcare consumerism continues to to rise to the top. And um We've had a lot of different guests on the podcast talk to this point. Had uh, Marcus from Walmart, he's VP of Walmart on healthcare, really kind of mm-hmm. spent the entire time talking about that. And there's a lot of different angles to this topic of consumerism. So as it relates to the marketing efforts of, say, providers, but also let's, let's loop in life sciences, med device, anybody playing mm-hmm. in the space. What do they need to be thinking about? I think it's just like anything else, you know, we have the internet, we have access to an awful lot of information at our fingertips or in our pocket, even walking around. And so just like we have choice and and are able to look at, you know, what kind of coffee maker we may want to buy or, you know, whatever it is and, and getting that feedback that's made its way, you know, far past restaurants and everything else and into healthcare. And so, I think online reputation management and some things like that where people are actually measuring and looking at and making decisions about their care, where to take their care, caregivers. So we've got folks that are taking care of parents or kids or whoever it may be. They may not actually even be the patient. I think that's one of the biggest things is that people are able to give feedback and be heard at any given time, just like you can with anything else in your daily life. And so there's an expectation now not only, you know, can I research and find and make choices based on what I find online, but I want to be able to execute on those choices. So making appointments, finding information, paying my bill, all the things that we're used to doing in our daily life, we want to be able to do that with the healthcare system or or with providers. And, um, you know, and I think from a provider standpoint, just patient to patient or peer to peer conversations are, you know, equipping us in very different ways than just simply, Googling around and, and landing on whatever search result comes to the top. So those peer communities are Yeah, I think that's a, really, it's a really great call out, you know, this parallel between the day-to-day, doing your banking, shopping online, all these things are really kind of starting to be available and consumers are sort of demanding it from our healthcare systems. And it's interesting that a lot of systems are, are struggling to get to this point. I think it's presenting an opportunity for for entrepreneurs that could be agile and partner with a health system to get there. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I think we see some of these new technologies starting to uh, make their way in. So like uh, AI or artificial intelligence and machine learning type pieces that, you know, we can get really good at understanding why people are visiting the hospital website and what they're looking for and where they came from and where they here before and some of those types of things. And, you know, people, you know, especially, you know, probably our age and younger are used to dealing with or not wanting to deal with people. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they want to be able to get on, find the information they want and take care of that. I mean, I just 
you know, I pretty much book all my travel or in hotel rooms and things like that through apps. I very seldom talk to anybody till I arrive on site. And so that expectation, just like the hotel, we've got to be able to deliver on that in healthcare. And that that's hard. That's hard from an interoperability standpoint, for sure. Yeah, it really is. It really is difficult. So, and that's a great point, right? There's some things that we don't even think about that we do without speaking to somebody or, mm-hmm. or just things that like you go to Amazon and it populates seven things that you probably want to buy and you end up buying five of them. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't, right. we don't think about these things. They just happen. They're so natural. And now we're having to adopt these things in healthcare. These adoptions come with tough roads. You've been around the block a couple times, Reed. Maybe you could share with us a time when you had a setback and what you learned from that setback and trying to adopt these these new ways. Yeah, you know, I think we deal with it every day. I mean, with technology, that that inherently is going to come with setbacks in, in a lot of cases. And so I think the interoperability part is is the hardest part. And so whether you know we're building consumer-facing pieces like physician finders or appointment setting tools or those types of things, you know, sometimes that doesn't always jive with the systems that are in place. And it makes it hard to move information back and forth. And so, you know, we've had to try to find alternate ways and different entrepreneurs and vendors that, you know, are working and doing some really interesting things. And then you know, we have found that we become a pretty good conduit for understanding, okay, well, how does all this stuff fit together and what's appropriate, what do people need, where do things go? And really understood that, you know what, we don't have to be the folks that, that build it all and do it all. We can just be the folks that uh, understand how it all fits together and try to help guide people down the right path. And so, you know, I think we've continued to kind of shape that vision over the last several years of, you know, not needing to be everything to everybody in a lot of cases. So at one point, you tried to be the innovator and realized, hey, there's no need if we understand how all these things fit together, we could be guides. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it from like a, you know, like a project manager type role, or even in the the clinical space, you know, we have care coordination and some things like that that happen. And so, I think because of our background and what we do and what we continue to do and who we're involved with on a daily basis, we see what works. So we see what doesn't work. We see how other people are doing it, where best practices may exist and things like that. And so we don't, we don't have to, you know, in the olden days, the olden days, whatever that means, but we would build everything because realistically what you were talking about was a website and some campaign landing pages, maybe some media buying and and things like that. And we still do all that. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. And we can definitely deliver on those types of things. But when you start talking about artificial intelligence and chat bots and some of those types of things, you know what, we we don't have to own all those pieces. And uh, sometimes people just need a trusted voice that can help and guide down a path that that brings you know the best of of everything together in one place and understands you know how they can get somewhere quicker than having to sort it out on their own. Yeah, no, that's cool. And you know, so let's let's park on chatbots if that's cool with you. Yeah, because we did a meeting on Tuesday. The healthcare thinkathon was awesome. One of the members of the audience was a startup talking about a chatbot that they're offering that's backed up mm-hmm. with AI. And the table that I was sitting at everybody's looking around like, what in the world is a chatbot? And what does this thing do? You know? <laughs> right. so, so I think it's worth parking on some of these things rather than assuming. Let's talk about it. What is it? How does it work? How can it help flow? How can it help customer engagement? Maybe we can yeah. talk about that for a little bit. I think it'd be beneficial. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, we've all dealt with them in our lives, probably at least to some degree, uh, even if it was rudimentary several years ago. But you see these things on like car dealerships, websites, and maybe we, we mentioned uh, hotels earlier, you know, some different places like that. But the little pop up that allows you to converse with, you know, you probably don't assume it's a real person, but it kind of feels that way. You can ask a question. It, it gives you, in the early days, it would give you links to like, here's where you can find this information, you know, some of that kind of stuff. So instead of navigating a website via the traditional navigation channels, you're having a chat with, in most cases, a robot. So that's where the machine learning kind of artificial intelligence side of the equation comes in. Uh, but sometimes it does hand you off, especially in like a tech support standpoint, will hand you off to a live person when it needs mm-hmm. to. And so we're starting to see this make its way into especially hospitals. And we work with some different folks uh, that, that develop this technology. But what it allows for is you to land on a hospital website. It knows how you got there. Did, it, did you show up via you know, a paid campaign? So maybe it knows that, you know, you're already coming from this part of town because this is your IP address and Mm -hmm. you came here via these ads. And so we know you're interested in pediatrics or or whatever it may be. And so it can use some intelligence there to kind of narrow down what it thinks you may be looking for. But it allows you to have a conversation and say, you know, I need to pay my bill. I need to make an appointment. I need to get a physical. Because in a lot of cases, going back to the consumerism piece, we don't necessarily you know, on the hospital side of the equation, make it super easy for folks. You know, we make you search for physicians based on their board certified specialty. Well, that's fine, but I just know that I have this disease or this symptom or whatever. Maybe I don't know who treats that. I don't know what type of physician. And so these types of things can kind of bridge that gap. Because of machine learning, they get smarter over time. So once they start answering questions and going through this, understanding what people are asking for, the bot, if you will, gets smarter and smarter. And then when it needs to, you know, if you have a call center or, or people in place, it can hand off to a live person. That's kind of what we're seeing. I think it's a great opportunity to allow people to, you know, to get to the information a little bit quicker and a little more personalized than they would maybe just searching from your homepage. Now, thanks for the summary there, Reed. I think it's good. It's important to understand the options that are available. And now that Reed took us down this explanation, I'm sure you all could think of several experiences that you've had with chatbots. So they're definitely a great tool. And helping to simplify is the key for consumerism and just kind of all goes down this trend that Reed has been talking to us about. Reed, what about uh, an exciting project or focus that you're working on today? Anything you want to talk to us about? Yeah, you know, I think we've done a few things in in the last couple of, you know, maybe 18 to 24 months that are pretty interesting. We've launched some podcasts, which of course is a lot of fun from uh, the content. Let, uh, let's give people the, the, yeah. the name so they get, well, so tell us about the podcast and yeah. uh, folks yeah. get ready with a pen and paper. If you're driving, <laughs> don't do that. Just pause yeah. it and play later. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So you can visit touchpoint.health and that's, uh, that's the website that houses, I think we've got, oh, we're closing in on about 10 different shows and some of those are on digital marketing and, and patient experience, which is, is one that I co-host. We've got one that's co-hosted by a former hospital CIO on health IT. We've got one that's, that's hosted by a physician. It's more physician and technology based, et cetera. So we, we storytelling, content and storytelling. So we, we've got a few there. And so that's been a lot of fun and just, you know, enjoyable to do. 
and Reed, I just want to say, folks, I listen to Reed's podcast. So it's, and the reason why I asked him to share is because he does develop some really great content. Yeah. Go to touchpoint.health and you're going to find some really cool shows and they span marketing. He's got one with a physician. It's just such a great, great media platform that Reed and his team have established. So check that out, touchpoint.health. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think past that, though, we've started looking at and realizing, uh, especially in hospitals, um, marketing departments, there's not a a lot of benchmarking data there. So how many how many FTEs uh, do you have in the marketing department? Well, you know, the budget's going up or down in past staffing and budget. How are we spending our money, you know, in campaigns and agencies and vendors and, and things like that? And so we've tried to go in and start doing some surveying and benchmarking some of that data, even to the point of understanding reputation management. So the primary consumer platforms of Google, Yelp, Facebook, for example, where, where consumers can rate and review hospitals. You know, where, where do you fall? If you've got four out of five stars on a particular platform, is that good? Is that about average? You know, et cetera. And so anyway, spending some time trying to kind of benchmark looking at, at markets and regions, state level, things like that. So that's, that's been kind of fun, kind of interesting, and has allowed us to go around and, and share some insights with different groups around the country. So That's awesome. Rain, you guys are always up to something cool. And folks, here's the other thing. So you guys all know I started a little platform to help you build your podcast, right? Reed also has a cool little section of his website, touchpoint.health, where he talks about gear. And this is a question that comes up all the time. Like, man, this expensive and, and what microphone should I get? Or if you, what program, what software do I need? Reed and his team do a really nice job of highlighting gear that you need. So if you are uh, somebody in marketing or you want somebody on your marketing team to get rolling with this awesome platform of podcasting, they also have a really nice resources gear uh, focused posts there as well. Yeah, thanks, man. That, that shows a lot of fun to do. A um, business partner of mine and I co-host that. And of course, he's, he's the guy with all the gadgets. And so really, I'm just asking him questions most of the time. So it's, <laughs> nice. uh, it's fun, though. It's fun. That's a good one. Yeah, very informative. So again, folks, Reed Smith here, getting close to the end. Let's pretend, Reed, you and I are building a leadership course in just digital on healthcare and what it takes to be successful. We're going to write out a syllabus for the listeners with this lightning round. You ready? All right. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Be able to measure better. So I think you got to have something on analytics and measurement, goal setting, KPIs, things like that. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Oh, gosh. Uh, Shiny object syndrome, maybe. So you don't need to necessarily do something just uh, because it's new, I guess. Love that. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Oh, gosh. I think that's kind of back to the measurement piece. So I think doing things that that are measurable uh, and you can show success, you know, allows you to stay top of mind internally, certainly but also allows, um, obviously, to, to have some sort of indication of how you're doing with the outside audience. What is one area of focus that should drive everything in a health organization as it relates to digital media? As it relates to digital media? Mm, I think persona or segmentation, target development, things like that. I think that's really what should drive, well, uh, certainly after, you know, aligned with organizational goals, but then actual segmentation and targeting, I think should then drive uh, everything else, whether it's media spend or 
creative, et cetera. Love that. What would you say your favorite book for the listeners is? I'm kind of looking here at my bookshelf. You know, one that I think is interesting and I think it's, it's still relevant is a book called Change, Change by Design, written by a guy named Tim Brown uh, okay. from IDEO. So anyway, he, he's an innovation guy, design guy. It breaks this idea down that, that really uh, innovation just shows up from uh, really smart folks. <laughs> that just have yeah. brilliant ideas and talks more about that, you know, uh, that the ideas come from more of rigor and discipline and things like that. And so anyway, change by design. It's uh, the byline is uh, how design thinking transforms organizations and inspires innovation. Love that. A great, great tidbit there. This has been awesome, Reed. I've, I've enjoyed our talk. We kind of talked about some some core concepts like chatbot, gotten through some of your thought processes on, on digital health and how organizations yeah. could implement. I, I've had so much fun. I'd love if we could just hear your closing thoughts before we conclude and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you. Yeah, I think, um, again, you know, it's a great time to be in healthcare, uh, healthcare marketing, digital marketing. Uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting and, and cool opportunities coming our way. Just encourage people to, you know, continue to look at how you can stay relevant and how you can continue to show value within the organization. Yeah, I would love to connect with folks online. Of course, we mentioned, mentioned the website touchpoint.health earlier, but it's just uh, Reed Smith on Twitter pretty easy to track down on LinkedIn as well and uh, would uh, enjoy visiting with folks. Awesome, Reed. Hey, just want to say a big thanks on behalf of all of us and looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast.